You're listening to episode 124 of the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. And today I'm chatting with media and cultural expert, Rebecca Hagelin. Like one of the things I'd like to encourage parents to do is to make your home inviting, warm, and fun. Make your home the place where all the kids want to hang out. Um, And we purposed in our heart, my husband and I decided when our children were young, that a sizable part of our income was going to be dedicated to feeding children. (laughs) Because especially when they're teenagers, feed them and they will come. They will come to your house. And just ways to really connect with children because a lot is accomplished that way. One, you're getting to know your children's friends. Two, your children's friends are getting ministered to when then you're when they're in a home that's inviting for and fun. I am honored to have our guest today, Rebecca has been featured on Fox and Friends. She also writes regularly for the Washington Times. Uh, she's used to work in public policy in Washington DC and she's always been an advocate for the family. In fact, she's also a mom to grown children, three grown children and so I love to get her advice on how to do this family thing better, how to be intentional, how to not just, I mean, she says battle the culture, not your child, but I I almost feel like she helps us create a family culture so our children are drawn to what we're creating and aren't as attracted to what the world has to offer. We're giving them a filter and a way to see the world when they go into the world when they leave our home. She also shares a super, super practical idea if you are looking to re-engage, especially with your teens, and I think even with your young kids, it's a great tangible way to reconnect with their hearts. But before we get into the interview, I want to take a second and thank this week's sponsor, Jelly Telly. You remember, it's the only streaming video app designed specifically for kids where God is real and His Word is true, and it was co-developed with VeggieTales creator, Phil Vischer. And today's interview, we're going to be talking about crafting a family culture, being a purposeful parent. With Jelly Telly, the shows and the movies your kids watch over and over again, they'll reflect what you believe about God. They'll help reinforce those family values. They'll help you lead your kids into a life of faith where they walk with God every day. We don't want them to just know about God, but we want them to know God personally. You can also find resources over at Jelly Telly Parents from blogs to research to printable activities. Your kids are going to love having their own video app. I know, like I told you, my four-year-old, he just loves, he's like, can I watch Jelly Telly? And of course, you know, setting boundaries around that is important. But uh, I also find that it's a great place I can trust and have peace of mind that he's only going to access quality content. So uh, go to godcentermom.com backslash Jelly Telly to check them out. And don't forget about the special coupon code all caps, God Center, just for God Center Mom listeners. You get $5 off or your first month of Jelly Telly free. All right, let's get right to the interview. Here we go. Hey, Rebecca, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Hey, Heather, thank you so much for having me. I am just so honored to be talking to your moms today. Well, they are so happy to hear from you. I'm a big fan of having moms who've gone before on the show. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, you know, my peers, they can offer sometimes empathy and encouragement in the moment. But have, hearing from a mom who can speak with some perspective is, is so helpful. So well, helpful. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're starting with that because one of the things that I always 
tried to teach my daughter is to always have mentors in your life mm. and always be a mentor. Yeah. Because you're never too young to mentor somebody younger than you mm -hmm. and to share the wisdom you learn. And you're never too old to look for women who are older than you and go to them for wisdom and advice. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we're supposed to, to do. We're actually admonished, um, you know, in God's holy word, uh, the older women are to teach the younger women. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just really love that you started the interview that way. You know, certainly I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm still learning every day. I have <laughs> older mentors in my life who I still call on a regular basis. So, but if I can be helpful with the moms who are a generation younger than I am, I'm all there. Excellent. Well, before we get into all your good <laughs> nuggets of wisdom, would you just introduce everybody listening to your family? You mentioned a daughter. So tell us tell yes. us more about your family. Yes. Okay. So I've been married to my awesome husband for 32 years, Andy. Mm -hmm. And we have been blessed with three wonderful children. Obviously, they're all adults now. We have a son, Drew, who's almost 29. Our son, Nick, is 27. And then our daughter that I mentioned is 24, and she's been married for two years. Mm. Uh, the boys are single. And what, what makes it really fun about my daughter being married is I have a degree in journalism, and so does she. She's a beautiful writer. And one of the things that we did uh, when, we, when I wrote my book was she provided reflections from a daughter at the end of every chapter mm. to give, yeah, kind of that reality check. And, and so she and I have actually done a lot of writing together. Um, and our heart is to give hope to every generation, mm. no matter if you're a mom in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, or seventies. So it's kind of nice to team up with her in her twenties. And here I am, I'm 54 years old, exactly 30 years older than she is. And what's neat is we're two different women from two different walks of life, two different generations with very different styles, but we hold to the same biblical principles for God's design on how to do families joyfully. Mm. And it's a lot of fun working with her. That's so great. And I know, you know, you mentioned the journalism. I'd love for the listeners and, and the moms listening who have maybe been a part of communications or journalism in their pre-mom life uh, to kind of hear what you've done in the last, you know, 25, 25 years or more. I know you've been yeah. at different places. Tell us a little about your career path. Mm -hmm. Well, I was always interested in communications. And then I'm also very interested in social sciences and political sciences. Mm. So I studied that field as well. And I've spent my whole life really trying to encourage families to follow God's truth um, and communicate about, uh, learn, study the media and communicate with parents what's going on in the media mm -hmm. and how a lot of the negative influences really do affect our culture and our society and how we can arm ourselves as parents. Uh, I've worked in public policy in Washington, D.C. for many, many years. I'm not there anymore, thank the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you do My, that when you had yeah. young kids? Did you well, I, work I part-time, full-time? Well, I kind of floated in and out. Like when I, um, when I first 
when I moved to Washington the second time, but at the first time as a married woman, um, I was working at a place called Concerned Women for America, mm-hmm. which is a Christian uh, organization that's an outreach to moms and women showing us how our voice matters in the culture and in the formation of public policy. And um, the motto of that organization to this day still remains protecting the family through prayer and action. Mm. And so I started working there and became pregnant with my, my first child. And I went to the head of the organization, Beverly LaHaye, and I said, you know, I feel like God brought me here, but I feel like I'm supposed to be home and raise my own child too. <laughs> so, so if I get Tricky. the equipment for a home office, Will you give me six months to prove to you I can do my job just as well at home as I can here and I'll Mm. come in for meetings and bless Mm. her heart. She said yes. Mm. And so I, I, I guess the short answer to your question, although I'm taking a long time answering it. No, I think it's very helpful. Yeah. You know, I think it's important for, for women, um, when we have our fields of study, to really remember two things. One, we have seasons in our life as women. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is that our children are in our hands, in our arms for a really short, a very short time to mold them. And, you know, I believe very strongly we're supposed to be the number one influencer on our children's lives. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then another kind of category to think about is, okay, what have I studied and what are the opportunities that I can do more work from inside my home, that I can be creative and take technology, uh, use technology to help me maybe bring in household income, but actually be here for my kids mm-hmm. as God has called me. Mm-hmm. So in other words, we can be creative in this time, like no other time in American history uh, because of technology that's available to us. And I really talk to a lot of employers about this as well, about mm. giving their employees more chances to do more of their work at home. Mm. Mm. So how like how long did you do that kind of before you launched back into, uh, didn't you work at the Heritage Foundation for a I while did. Too? I worked at the Heritage Foundation for eight years. Mm-hmm. And so when my kids were in um, high school and middle school, I went to the office every day in Washington, D.C. But again, when I was interviewing for that job, I made it very clear that my children were my priority mm-hmm. and that I had been able to... Uh, effectively and responsibly deliver top quality work product in very unconventional uh, office settings in my home and with yeah. arrangements. And um, you know what they said, if you want to leave every day and pick up your kids after school and work from home, that's great mm. for the afternoons. But what I found happening is the longer I was there, the more I got what I call mission creep, where I was asking, being asked to stay for one more meeting, mm. one more trip, et cetera, et cetera. So I finally did actually resign um, so I could spend more time with, you know, with my kids. Mm. And, um, and then I started my own business. I have a boutique marketing company. And that's just worked um, incredibly well for us. We're very blessed with that. And of course, writing books and doing a lot of writing. So, well, and that's the thing blessed. too. Now your kids are on their way, living their adult lives, yeah. and it's not yeah. like your life is over all of a sudden. 
No, there's still time. That's the thing. I feel like we're getting this message that, I mean, I like to have a something else. That's why I do this podcast. But I also believe that I don't have to pack my life with writing, writing and speaking and all those things because I don't believe God's done with my life anytime soon, hopefully. (laughs) But I just, I see women with grown kids and they're, they're coming back to doing things. And it's, I feel like they come from a place with a lot of experience and wisdom and there's just value to that. So Absolutely. Listen, the, the fields of study will always be there. <laughs> um, you know, I've come back now where my kids are grown and gone and I can travel when I want. I can mm. do speeches when I want and do all of that when I want to. And I find that the cultural battles need me more than ever before. Interesting. Uh, yeah. You know, all the problems we faced before uh, as a society, they're still there. <laughs> uh, and you yeah. know, I'm actually coming now with a bit more reflection Hmm. Uh, with more experience. Hmm. And, uh, you know, God uses us at every stage in our lives as we make ourselves available to him. And I think it's one of the lies of the culture that, uh, oh, if you don't, you know, stay involved, you're never going to be able to enter the workforce. You're going to miss out. You're going to miss out. Yeah. And you're not, you're not going to miss out. But for the working mom who, you know, that is her reality. You really have to be a lot more committed and careful about carving out family time and about the way that you spend your time when you are with your children. Mm. I call it purposeful parenting. Yeah. You know, we should all be parenting very purposely every single day of our lives. But, you know, I've written a book recently and um, there's a chapter in there called Create Family Time. Mm. And I use the word create very deliberately because you're not going to just find it. Right. Right. (laughs) In today's busy, crazy culture, you are just not going to find it. And even moms who are stay-at-home moms, oftentimes we try to fill our kids' lives with so much scheduling and so many doing good activities that we're running them ragged. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I kind of share tips in there about, you know, sometimes it's good just to get off the crazy train. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I remember a time we were homeschooling and I was doing some home-based work and we had our kids in scouts and we had them in piano and I had Mm -hmm. our daughter in dance. I was that kid. I was that homeschooled kid. Yeah. 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 I had synchronized swimming in there. Add that in there. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. I can't Mm -hmm. imagine. Yeah. And and one week I just threw my hands up in the air and I said, that's it. We're not doing anything this week Mm. except for the basics. And Mm. we... We literally stopped all family, all extracurricular activities, and we hung out by the fireplace with a cup of hot chocolate every night, and we talked, and we loved it. And then we just added back the things that were of real value. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there's no reason if your kid really hates soccer and they're on (laughs) it for three years and they're not excelling, why they should have to keep doing soccer if it's adding stress to your life. Look for those things that really add value to your family and Mm -hmm. then cut out the extra stuff for a season and just enjoy being with each other. And, you know, I have all kinds of tips on, on how to fill your life with meaningful family discussions and, you know, how to make uh, the best of use of your child's imagination by giving them downtime and mm-hmm. all kinds of things like that, that. Culture does not encourage you to do anymore. 
Yeah, I think that's the key is we go to a school where like it's one of their values is to be countercultural, <laughs> which is, it. which, you know, it, it's hard to explain mm-hmm. to people that the kindergarten's two days and they'll say, oh, are you working with them at home on the off days? No, they just play. They don't have yep. any homework. They don't even teach them to read in kindergarten. Yep. And amazingly, first and second grade aren't even full time and they learn to read chapter books by Thanksgiving. I mean, they, they're, they're mm-hmm. fine. They figured out, but there's this pressure of the culture. Like you've got to do it early. You've got to really push them. And then the irony, I was think I was talking on another podcast about this. I might keep talking about this cause it's, <laughs> it's a nerve right now for me sure. is that then they get to junior high and we just hand, or even before that 10, 11, we hand them a device and we kind of give up. It doesn't make sense to me that you're pushing them when the years they shouldn't be pushed and you're letting off in the years when they could actually learn and and do amazing things. Well, you're absolutely right because a child's lifelong habits and the things they value mm. are formed early in life. Yeah. And you want your child to learn to entertain themselves. Mm-hmm. You want your child to learn to use their imagination, to understand that there's real value in strong family relationships. Mm-hmm. There's real joy in learning by God's truth. And quite frankly, if your kids are packed off and busy all day long, doing a lot of good things, it might keep them from doing a lot of great and Mm. meaningful things. Mm. Um, And exploring their own development and their own ideas. And it's, it's just, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's backwards. Mm. Um, because the other thing that we're doing as a society, along with handing our kids those, you know, gadgets and, and telling them, oh, you know, go play all your video games and be online all the time. It doesn't really matter. Instead of encouraging them to learn a little bit about competition and to excel and to understand truth, we're actually pushing on them a highly sexualized culture. And most parents don't even realize it. Yeah. One of the things I encourage parents to do, no matter how old their children are, is to spend a week walking in your child's tennis shoes. Mm. That means kind of put yourself at their level. What are they reading? What are they seeing on television? What are they listening to? How are they spending their time? And you will be shocked at the end of the day, no, no matter how old your child is, the mass marketers are after your kids. Right. Um, you know, one game that I've heard, I didn't invent this game is that when when children are watching television is, uh, have a game where you say, find the lie Mm. and you, you teach your children to look at advertisements and shows and, and, and make a game with them. Okay. What's not true. And what you just saw point out to me how they're trying to make you do something. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing is you're developing your child to be critical thinkers Discerning, uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. incredibly discerning, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and we need to be discerning too. Um, it's funny because in my book, I actually have a, ch- a chapter about that. It's called Develop and Follow Your Mother's Intuition mm. and Your Father's Knows Best Instincts. And again, <laughs> it, it's really, um, dis, you know, deliberately titled Develop because the Bible tells us um, that the way to develop the discernment is to practice it. Mm. It's to know what's true, to practice truth, to listen to truth. And as you do that, you become more sensitive to what's true and what's 
false. Mm-hmm. And the younger we can turn our, uh, we can train our children actually to be discerning, the much better it is going to be on their lives. And yeah, I think I was with a group of moms and we were talking about, you know, what was your upbringing like? And it was a variety, everyone, a different, a different story. And I was just, it makes you reflect on your own. And I was thinking about I how my family growing up, if we ever watched a movie, I mean, they weren't, they were pretty protective of what we watched, but you know, I did see, you know, I was engaged in the culture, but they always, after we left a movie or after we saw a show on TV would end it with a conversation of how did that line up with what we believe about God? Or how does that line up with what we believe about the world? And, you know, your whole worldview conversation happened every time to the point where I didn't know that's not what everybody else did. (laughs) I thought that everyone was having these conversations. And so as a mom, I started watching movies with my kids and having these conversations. And my friends were like, oh, I never thought to talk about that. Or, you know, there's a new movie out called Angry Birds. And there's, you know, potty humor or whatever. But my kids saw it. We will probably only see it once because I don't want them to meditate on it. But it did provide a lot of conversation because there are these pigs who come in and they distract all the angry bird parents while the angry bird parents are at this big party and having a great time and living it up. The pigs go into all the homes and steal all the eggs. Mm. And I thought, wow, that is like culture completely. Yep. Keeping all the parents entertained, totally distracted, focused on their own um, me time, their own, uh, social media, their own, you know, needs being met, comfort being met, convenience. And then they're just coming in, swooping in and, and robbing the future. It was like this imagery that was like, oh my gosh, they don't, I don't even know if they know that they just no. did that. But we yeah. were able to have that conversation, just like you said, like turning their eyes. So now they'll see a commercial and, you know, they always overdo like, it does way more than it actually does. And they'll point out like, mom, look, they said it flies, but it doesn't fly. There was a string or something, you know? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. See, that's so cool that you do that with your kids because it's straight out of Hebrews chapter five, where it says that teaching discernment comes from constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Mm. And it's something that so many parents are missing And of course, in order to do that, you have to be very deliberate about it, right? Mm. It gets back to that purposeful parenting. Mm. Um, And especially if you don't have a lot of time, because maybe you're out of the home a lot, you have to constantly practice it. Mm. And, um, you know, the the illustration that you gave about the angry birds and the pig stealing, (laughs) (laughs) that, um, you know, also reminds me of... um, something I talk to parents a lot and it's understand how marketers target your children. Yeah. Um, there's this great documentary. It's that PBS did years ago. I talk about it in my book too and kind of outline what it shows. It's on MTV and it's a documentary by secular organization mm-hmm. on how MTV markets to preteens mm. and it's, really powerful stuff. The executives, the creators of the programming actually brag in the documentary, not how they understand the preteen mind, but how they've learned to manipulate Mm -hmm. the preteen mind Mm -hmm. through their programming. And I encourage parents to really understand how marketers target their children, no matter how young they are. And then once you understand it, you know, sit down and 
age appropriately, of course, um, start explaining that to your children. Because I can tell you one thing is that a child hates is to know they're being manipulated. And when you show them how the world tries to do that, it it really helps because I have this other chapter I talk a lot about. It's called Battle the Culture. Yes, I was just going to say that reminds me of what you said. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's huge. It's not like you versus the kid. No, we're not going to watch that. Or that's you're you're saying, let's get on the same page here. It's those guys are trying to convince you of something. That's really great. We have to understand who the enemy is as moms mm. and dads. And it's not our innocent five-year-old child. Mm. Our, our, ten, our 10-year-old, our 12-year-old did not invent pornography on the internet. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's it's adults that create the pornographic websites. It's adults mm. that are putting all the bad advertisements on television. It's adults that are creating the TV shows that make fathers look worthless and stupid and lazy. It's mm-hmm. adults that are designing the thongs for 10-year-old girls. It's not your child. Mm-hmm. And when you understand who the enemy is, and then you can help your children understand, honey, I'm not angry with you. I'm angry with the adults that don't know you. They Mm -hmm. don't even know your name. They're never going to be here for you if you're in trouble. And they don't love you. They Mm -hmm. don't know you. I'm the one who's going to be here. I have an undying commitment to you when you get in trouble. Please let me parent the best way I see. And I'm going to protect you from these other other people Mm -hmm. who are just after the money that you're going to have in your pocket. You're just a dollar sign. You're not a person. So, yeah. To really be that voice for them and to keep the relationship going, because if we Always. come if we come a, like a like a rules kind of for some kids when there's not a relation there, it just seems like a bunch of rules. Mm-hmm. So how did you with your kids kind of it was it that family time and all of the things that you talked about at the beginning? Like what did you do to foster that relationship so you could attack the culture together? Well, the phrase I like to use to explain that for the other parents is do not make your home a no zone. Mm. If mm. your home becomes, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, you mm. can't do that. Your children will rebel and mm. they will not be happy. Mm. Our, our calling as parents is to share the freedom that comes with being a Christian, as it talks about in Galatians, especially Galatians chapter five, to show that I want my children, I believe there's a protected space of innocence for children. I want my teenage daughter to be free, Mm -hmm. to be free from the fear of sexually transmitted diseases or a broken heart. I want my son to be free from being enslaved to pornography. There Mm -hmm. is great joy and freedom that comes when you live by God's way and truth. And so, you know, you have to look through. One of the things I'm excited about is there's a Bible app. Uh, that is a seven day reading plan mm-hmm. called 30 ways and 30 days to strengthen your family. And it actually goes into to some of the joys of parenting that the Bible talks about the freedom in Christ and the mm-hmm. joy of the Lord is my strength. And um, again, you have to be very creative and you have to be very purposeful. Like one of the things I'd like to encourage parents to do is to make your home inviting, warm and fun. Mm. Make your home the place where all the kids want to hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we purposed in our heart. My husband and I decided when our children were young that a sizable part of our income was going to be dedicated to feeding children. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> because especially when they're teenagers, feed them yeah. and they will come. Yeah. They will come to your house. Yeah. And just ways to really connect with children because a lot is accomplished that way. Mm-hmm. One, you're getting to know your children's friends. Mm-hmm. Two, your children's friends are getting ministered to when then you're when they're in a home that's inviting warm and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, you're sharing the joy that comes with being a Christian. So you're not that family that can't do anything or have any fun. Right. right. Um, and then another general tip to address your point about all the rules is when you say no to something, replace it with something fun mm-hmm. for your child. If mm-hmm. you're saying no to a movie that all the friends are going to, Sit down and explain to your child why you're not comfortable with them going to it and then saying, now let's find something else. What else would you like to do? Mm. Who would you like to invite? And always replace with something else that's exciting and fun to them. Mm. That's great. Was there a time of day or a way that your boys, your daughter felt like they could just come to you if a situation came up that they weren't comfortable with or a decision they had to make? with a friend or something they'd been exposed to that they were struggling through? Well, the tip there is like, as a parent, you just need to make yourself available all the time. Okay. Um, you really <laughs> do. Sounds, yeah. Because, you know, our kids don't encounter bullying according to our schedule, right? Mm. They don't encounter a stressful heartbreak of a young heart in love on our schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't even flunk tests on our schedule. Mm-hmm. So, um, we have to make ourselves available to them and let them know that the most important thing in our lives, regardless of where, the, of where they are, is they have an emotional need or if they have an emergency that you are available to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the ways you start is obviously you start young. If you learn how to have meaningful discussions and open conversations with your child when they're young, then when they're teenagers, those things are normal to them. It's just right? a ha- it's like a pattern. This is what we it's do. It's like a pattern. Yeah. It's like a pattern. Yeah. But I also want to give hope to the parent who might be listening who has not done that. Mm. And they have a child that's a preteen and they're finding it all of a sudden it's very difficult. Here's what I say. As long as there is breath in you, you have the opportunity to restore and make vibrant the relationship with your children. So don't give up. What um, steps would you take? Let's say well, – that's true for them. How would they start that? How would they re-engage with their child? Well, it's funny because it's actually the, the tip that I give that I've gotten the most positive feedback on. And I call it, write a letter to your teens. Mm. And sometimes if we haven't been good conversationalists or we realize we've lost our temper one too many times and we've never apologized for it and we want to start a new day of relationship The best way to do that is to sit down and in your own handwriting, write a letter to your child Mm -hmm. um, that expresses your deep commitment and love for them, abiding love for them. Mm -hmm. Maybe you share uh, how proud you are of them, of something they did, or a certain character quality about your child you really admire that you never told them. Mm. Maybe this is the place where you express to them a regret of your own in parenting and you ask for forgiveness. The point is, in a letter, you can say a lot of things that you can cross out and edit a thousand times over until you're happy with it and give it to your child 
Um, if you're not a great conversationalist, rather than trying to get in a conversation and saying something that you're going to regret later. Mm-hmm. Now, this letter serves several purposes. One, it gives you a chance to really share your loving heart without, without, uh, emotional outbursts. Two, um, it can become the conversation starter for your child. So after you write mm-hmm. the letter, then you say, you know, after you've read the, read this, Let's go out to dinner together, just you and me, and let's talk about it. I want to be better at learning about what's going on in your life and to talk to you. Mm. And then and then thirdly, you create oftentimes a real treasure for your child. Mm. Um, you know, one thing I I would love to do if if it's okay with you, yeah, is I, I mentioned that my daughter wrote reflections, wrote reflections at the end of each chapter. And there's just a, a couple of sentences that I would love to yeah. share. Okay, in her words, at the end of this chapter, what Kristen says, this is just a little bit of what she says. I have a box of memorabilia where I've kept many of the letters I've gotten from both of my parents over the years. From time to time, I go through it, and the words written to me years ago never fail to bring me to tears. In fact, they mean much more to me now than they did when I first got them. Proverbs 16.24 says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Mm. I can attest to that truth. Words written in love are life-giving and they only get sweeter with time. Mm. Now, I never knew my daughter was pulling out those letters Mm. secretly in the quiet of her bedroom and reading them from time to time until I read that. So you are creating real treasures for your children. That's a great place to start if you have regrets. I want to say for the young mom out there, you don't even have to wait till you're a teen. I mean, I, I've, we just found, as my husband was clearing out a drawer, uh, four different journals that he'd started where he would write notes to each boy. And it was from six years ago. And it was amazing. He sat down with each boy and read to him what he'd written and what was things that he'd seen in them six years ago when they were little that are still coming to fruition now, giftedness and and things that are unique to their personality with a house full of boys. Sometimes you get lost in the mix, but it was just really cool to see see their faces as they heard him talk about oh. them even back then. And so don't don't think, oh, I'll, I'll file that away, write a letter to my teen in the future. Like, I, I think it's pretty fun to do that now. And, and then with technology, he started email accounts for each boy. And so if something happens that was cute or he wants to remember about them, he might take a picture and then send it to their email account and write a little thing up in the moment so that one day when they are older and they have these email accounts, they can look at what he wrote, you know. Oh, I, I, it's brilliant. That is brilliant advice. You know, other tips, especially again, for the, for the, the mom, mom who, yeah. who is away from her children a lot, mm. start putting notes in their lunch boxes, Yeah, you know, or yeah. in their backpacks, just mm-hmm. little notes. I mm-hmm. know a dad who is a very, very busy, successful radio host, and he made it a habit before he went to bed at night with leaving a little note for his son to find in the morning before he went off to school each day. I mean, there are all kinds of ways that you can take this written word, which is very, very powerful. Remember, God chose to come to us in the word, right? And it was the word that became flesh, which is probably Mm. why I love communication so much is that words matter. Mm. And uh, if we can start making ownership of our words and using them more in positive ways and, and more frequently with our children, both in the written format and in the spoken format, we are influencing our children um, far more than we could ever imagine or hope for. 
So good. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh, Rebecca. Well, is there any place online that people can follow, find you? Or I know you have your books, 30 ways in 30 days to strengthen your family. And you also wrote home invasion, protecting your family in a culture that's gone stark raving mad. But do you have a place online that they could find you? You know, it's really funny. I actually don't have a website anymore. I guess what I'm encouraging parents to do, like what I'm finding is a lot of people are deciding to to get my current book and use it in small groups or Mm -hmm. mom's book clubs, which is Mm -hmm. why the Bible app was written for it as well. So I'm just sending people to Amazon or their Christian bookstore um, to get the book. My email address actually is in the book. Um, because I love to hear from parents, especially if they need help drafting a letter or feedback or have mm. some question. Mm. Um, I can give you that. You know, my name is kind of hard to spell, <laughs> but but my email address is actually Rebecca at RebeccaHagelin.com. Okay. And they'll see your full name written out when they see this episode. So great. They can, I'll put that link in the show notes too. I'll put that email in the show notes. Oh, Rebecca, it's so good to hear from you and your wisdom and your perspective and just encouraging us to keep doing what we're doing, be intentional and purposeful, that it matters and it, we can uh, together as a family um, and protect our family against this culture and and, um, and really speak truth into our kids' lives. So thank you for yeah. encouraging us in that. Well, and, and I'm excited to do that because we also do this in Christian community. You know, mm. you have to have allies in the bottle, find moms who believe like you do, bind together to uphold these truths for your families, create safe homes, safe homes, because Christianity is not a me and God religion. It's a we and God mm. religion. Mm. It is a faith. It's, you know, it's God first and then reaching out to your neighbors and loving them secondly. And we're supposed to do this and community building each other up. So thanks for what you do. I know this is exactly what your ministry does. It builds mm. a community of moms who can all help each other and strengthen each other. So They're great for moms. They are yeah. really, I mean, they listen to this podcast, right? They want to, they want yeah. to do this, this high calling well. So yeah. thank you for encouraging them in that. Well, thanks for letting me be part of it. Of course. Of course. Have a great day. You too, Heather. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. My goal is never to hand you as a mom more bricks because I think as moms, we are hard enough on ourselves as it is. And I know in this show, I shared some things that have worked for our family and my own past that God blessed me with parents who helped me think critically about the media that we were taking in. But that may not be your story. And I don't want you to be discouraged about that. I want to encourage you that maybe you'd never seen that modeled, but that doesn't mean you can't implement that with your family if that's something that you value, that you want to develop in your kids. If you want your kids to be critical thinkers and to um, not just absorb entertainment, but to think through what they're watching. Um, I have done several podcast episodes where I've reviewed movies and maybe even through listening some through some of those, you can hear and gain uh kind of the tools that I've used with my own kids and asking them questions, even simple questions on what was your favorite part helps them think, who was your favorite character, what did you not like? Those are just asking about what they thought about the movie. But then you can go a little further and say, uh, you know, was there any part that you don't think lines up with what our family believes? Or is there anything that you had questions about? Or is there anything that made you feel uncomfortable? Or was there any character that you didn't really enjoy and why do you think that is and 
How did you think they treated each other? Do you think they treated each other in the way that matches up with what we read in the Bible? That God's way is love. That Jesus' way was compassion for the broken and the lost. That we aren't about um, tearing other people down who, who don't know God. We aren't for hurting and hating those who are different from us. That we are for loving people so that they can know the grace and the redemption and the, the salvation that's available to them through Jesus. Because, you know, uh, even in the news this weekend, things hard things are happening. We cannot deny that there's evil in the world. Our kids will recognize there's evil in the world. And we can't just, you know, say everything's bad. We can't just say everything's bad and just live in a hole in a bubble. But we can talk about God's way. What's God's way? What does he outline? Like, what's best for us? And just like Rebecca said, she's protecting her family from hurt. God was protecting the Israelites by saying they couldn't eat certain things. They couldn't do certain things. He wasn't trying to be give rules just for rules sake. He knew that there's a there's a better way. There's a best way. And it's not because he wants us to be miserable, but it's actually for our joy and for our benefit. And so we don't have to go through heartache and, and um, unnecessary pain. Uh, there's already enough pain in the world. So uh, I challenge you to kind of sit down maybe with your spouse or if you're a single mom, you know, just sit down with some friends and talk through what are your values? What do you feel like is is the way you would think God has us go and look at his word and, and line all that up and, and just speak those things as you go throughout your day with your kids. Um, I also just wanted to encourage you to think through a couple of the ideas Rebecca shared. She talked about um, how do you shape your home so it's it's not a no zone, it's a yes zone. So if there are things that you're saying no to that um, maybe your family doesn't watch certain channels on, or maybe you didn't go see that movie, what's a yes thing you can say yes to? And and for that kid that you're, you're having a hard time connecting with, um, maybe it's time to sit down and write that letter, carving out time to speak words of life in written form, which is so rare these days is to have a handwritten letter. I just want to encourage you and lift you up. You're doing a fabulous job. You are you are wanting to parent in the way God has for you, and you're desiring that. And do not be discouraged. There's If you pick one thing today, maybe it's on another show you listen to. I know I'm always throwing these shows at you with new inspiration and new things you could do. And my goal is never to burden you or overwhelm you and think, oh, Heather has it all together. I bet she's doing all these things all the time. Uh, no, no. Hot mess over in the Mac house. You can just ask our close friends. They know that children are still children. I am still human and I mess up regularly. And I hope at this point you would know that. Um, But I did, as I listened back to the show, realize that I said a lot of things that were doing well, which is more to inspire you and not to discourage you. I think I've said that (laughs) now a few times. So uh, I never want you to be burdened. I also, you know, she was talking about God's plan and, and our sexuality. And that can be a tricky thing to talk to your kids about if you've never had it um, taught to you well. And I did do an episode a long time ago, um, episode 25 with Mary Flo Ridley. It was called Birds and Bees, Oh Help Me Please. I adore this woman. She is amazing. She helped me feel so confident in this ability to talk to my boys about um, God's plan for sex and marriage and how to, even when they're little, 
Like it's not, you don't wait until they're in junior high. I don't know why we got that idea. Um, Just to plant the seeds, literally talking about seeds and eggs early and answering the questions they have as they have them. And um, she just gave me such confidence that I could put all the pieces in place. So when my boys did, were curious about how does this happen? I didn't feel scared, overwhelmed, um, make the situation awkward, but I was confident in a resource where I could lay out what God would desire for our for their future and how they treat women. I know that's another hot topic in the news right now that my boys would honor, honor future wives, treasure women, see them with high value and uh, you know, all those things. So check out episode 25. If you're curious about knowing more about how to talk to your kids about sex. And um, I know I said this summer, we're going to have lots of fun interviews and we are, but I'm really feeling in the last couple, you know, this actually last week, I'm feeling that God's asking me to take a little sabbatical of sorts in July. Uh, we have some family stuff. We go to family camp. My parents are coming in from Costa Rica, um, and I want to spend time with them. Another sister-in-law from London is coming in. I just, we want to make sure that I'm fully present and not trying to line up interviews and edit and all that stuff. I have interviews already done with one with Shauna Nequist that's coming out in August. Um, another one with Jennifer Dukes Lee that's going to be in August. And then, uh, next week I have, no, two weeks, the end of June, I'm going to have Jim and Lynn Jackson back on with some sibling rivalry help sibling. No, not sibling, sibling conflict help. And so that's a really great, great episode. I can't wait to share with y'all, but I'm thinking in July, I might re-air some of these episodes that, um, Maybe you're new to listening to the show and you haven't gone that far back in the archives, but uh, ones maybe that I I think are great, but haven't been listened to as much as I know the newer ones are. So I think that's what I'm going to do in July. Stay tuned for more information about that. Y'all are great. God is watching and loves you so much. He sees you. He hears you. He cares for you. He is not discouraged. He is for you. Uh, he's not, he's not thinking, oh, she blew it again. He's not thinking that he's thinking, you know what? He has good things for you and just to lean into him and his strength. Oh, mom, keep it up. You're doing a good work. Talk to you later. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.